Welcome to the, the Largo podcast. This is episode one because I think it was like last year around this time that we tried to do a podcast. Because I remember it was like Halloween and something was, yeah, I just remember I was like, this is so funny that it's Halloween and we're in the studio. We're like doing a podcast. Growing up. <laughs> the ping pong podcast. Do you have any uh, plans for Halloween? Um, well, I teach, I teach on Halloween. And oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, until 10 p.m. So. Uh, <laughs> so no one's going to come or? Yeah. They're all going to dress up. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll probably end around 9 o'clock. Yeah. Um, it's a critique day and I've been taking them to different studios around town after a critique day. Dang, it's kind of a reward where wrap up instead of doing the critique and then having another you know three hours of working on stuff just because it'd be a, it'd be a reset so yeah after critique then dinner and then we go visit a different studio just to see how um different different artists or different people are like like studios, studios like individual studios or like? um like group studios so the first one we went to was omnicorp the mm-hmm. hacker space that we used to belong to in eastern market and then the second one is uh, a collection of basically illustrators in a new center who are in a tiny room in a building. Is that the like recent graduates that are all? Yeah, Ivan Montoya and yeah. Sheila Nicola and stuff. So cool. Um, yeah, uh, and just just to show you know what you can do when you graduate or different ideas of. Oh my gosh, you yeah. can do anything once yeah. you graduate. Yeah, and. Um, but yeah, no, no Halloween plants. We just Sam and I went out on the weekend, got dressed up and went out. It was fun. What about you? I don't celebrate Halloween. That <laughs> Hallmark shit. Yeah. Um, no, I feel like it's like one of those things where like I'm like fuck Halloween, and then like someone invites me to a party, and I'm like hell yeah Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think making costumes is fun if you yeah. get a good idea. Yeah. Um, we're allowed to say names on the Largo podcast, okay. so I want to properly introduce you. This is Michael Burdick. Hey. He is my co-conspirator from back in the day. We met in college and have been friends ever since. And when you find an illustration partner that really understands you, and uh, yeah, I feel like that was probably like one of the biggest advantages that I had early on is just like knowing you and like being connected to a world larger than like I feel like if you just graduated and went off into your own little bubble mm. yeah like it helps to it helps to have friends yeah yeah especially in college I think we had a lot of similar ideas about the world and I think we showed each other a lot of different stuff. About how illustration sucks. Our first topic. <laughs> Does illustration suck? Um, this is a question we ask ourselves a lot in college and is still relevant to this day. But the interesting, uh, what's it called, the paradox is that it seems like illustration is getting cheaper. The demand for illustration, what's it called? If it's like the, if I know how economics works, it's like the supply is going up 
and the demand is I'm not, I'm not even getting this right what am I trying to say it's like never has there been more need for illustration it feels like but also prices for illustrating have never been so low mm -hmm. so it's like what is this what's causing this kind of like everybody's agreeing that illustration is the new way to communicate on a kind of commercial level but yeah I don't know maybe it's not low maybe we're just getting the wrong jobs <laughs> <laughs> well I think I remember hearing someone say because in Detroit there's the the car ad world and there was some saying that you could paint a car for a billboard and for one of the car companies and that would allow you to buy that car yeah so yeah. the rates were really high granted we were talking about the quality of illustration where you know it used to be very realistic or like there's a lot of um, technicalities in creating the work where realism and color and yeah. uh, form and things like a higher I don't want to say higher standard but now I feel the trend illustration is more flat mm -hmm. and more uh, economical more yeah. like uh, efficient with the yeah well, and like, how much would you pay in 1950 for somebody who could represent, like, in color, mm -hmm. a product that looks better than it actually does? That's true. Whereas now... The Photoshop. Yeah, the original Photoshop. Yeah. Like, the millions of dollars that probably went into developing all that hardware and software mm -hmm. used to need to be in someone's head. Mm. And so, like, that was more valuable. We've kind of, like, outsourced all of our... This is what I, I'm trying to tell my students about. Is like, if you think about these stages of... Your students at um, CCS or your yeah, yeah, Patreon yeah. students? Oh, they, the Patreon's not students. Those are... Uh, oh, my gosh. That's a quick rant. I feel like it's so much more fun to do the, the Patreon than it is to teach, like, college students. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, all the, like, just, like... Yeah, so many brats, so many just like, like lethargic. Um, yeah, I feel like it's it's been very stressful and kind of like a huge morale suck to have to like go in and just be like, all right, guys, anybody want to get excited about anything today? And like, yeah, it's been interesting. Um, whereas like I feel like the Patreon, that's another example of how like technology has kind of levered that that like now it's a lot less input for potentially more income because you're not like like all the kind of like middleman stuff involved with the college and mm -hmm. all the weird anyway um students at college but also i feel like this is this is like a theory that i'm developing i guess that i want to share more is that like the way that cameras render light and form the way that illustrators used to render light and form basically this idea of rendering which now in the context of 3d graphics is like a thing that you'd send off at the end of the project mm -hmm. you know like you've done all of your modeling and all of your composing and all of your animating and whatever you're designing and then the very last step is you get a computer to just throw a lot of computing power at it and sends you your final render. This is 
the rendering being the physics where it's doing all the yeah. lighting and stuff for because you. Because that's, and then, so that's what I mean is like, you take that idea of like, it's the physics that it's figuring out. Mm -hmm. That's what illustrators used to do. Mm -hmm. When you look at more traditional, like, like they were saying, how does light hit form? Mm -hmm. How does color affect color? Mm -hmm. Whereas now we're outsourcing that to computers. Yeah. So that realistic, the same way that cameras came along and made a lot of realistic illustrators redundant, I think that 3D graphics are coming along and making that same kind of, now they're making illustrators, like even the illustrated worlds no longer need to be rendered, you know? Mm -hmm. Because you can just design characters, design environments, and then light it and hit, hit render. Um, yeah, so it's like it's no longer in demand. That's why no one's paying for it because if you want um, something to look real mm -hmm. but also be this illustrated thing, then you just create a system like Pixar has, where you have this huge pipeline and someone's responsible for every little part of it. Yeah, um, and you get these really interesting, real feeling characters and movements, but it's all not real and it's style too there was one Pixar short um, I can't remember which short it was before which movie but the the story involved an envelope or a letter so paper man paper man paper man and that felt Wait, more I'm thinking about paper paper boy paper boy about <laughs> that paper boy um, but you know the short I'm talking about mm -hmm. it was it was done three dimensionally and it was almost as if they rotoscoped it and put a mm -hmm. 2D like a 2D render on top of it was that, was that the process? It was like, <clears throat> yeah. But you know what I'm talking about where it's just like... Now it's like the never-ending quest for new software that can make things look like they weren't done by software. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I heard, I had a student today talk about something that he had done to his illustration. Do you know what ambient occlusion is? No. It's like this weird, it's a button that I always see in Blender that I always click and then immediately click off because I'm like, that does nothing that I care about. But I think if I understand it correctly, it's basically like it kind of enhances the crease shadow. Like if you had like these knuckles together, like say your hands, like, mm -hmm. like it would just say that like maybe the light settings inside of your 3D program wouldn't necessarily, it would just treat this as a flat plane. Mm -hmm. But there's actually information of these cracks in the fingers hmm. so it just kind of like basically darkens those like points of contact like those little crevices to make form feel more exaggerated okay ambient occlusion ambient occlusion occlusion okay i think i might have this wrong but anyway i just thought it was hilarious because i was like the only reason they needed to invent that shit was that like when doing a 3D process, you lost the natural, like the line work that happens when you draw something. You say, of mm. course, I'm gonna put a line in between those fingers. How else are you gonna have oh, those yeah, fingers? Yeah. But like when you throw a model into a 3D software and you light it and you say, ah, we lost all the definition in the fingers. Let's uh, create a program that redefines those shapes. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, yeah, and then I added ambient occlusion to my character to kind of like define that. And I was just like, what a fucking pencil is for like why <laughs> I don't know um, so like it's interesting how all this stuff is 
is talking to each other and how the illustrators are trying to get more more real and the the animator like the 3d stuff is trying to get more yeah i did like the look of the paper man mm-hmm. but it's always like there's gotta be a there's gotta be a way whoever cracks that code of like how to make things not look robotic but also to be very easy to make mm-hmm. does that fit into the uncanny valley you know that idea with 3d 3d work yeah i think so like what i know about the uncanny valley is just that idea that like if it's very realistic it is okay and if it's stylized it's okay but if it's like trying to be very realistic but it doesn't quite get there mm-hmm. then you're kind of instinctual pattern reading animal brain just like gets freaked out yeah and it's technology still takes time to catch up with with new <laughs> or technology takes time to catch up with new technology with like new software like uh um, the example of the like there was that Polar Express movie a long time ago and there was something like I just heard saw recently someone making fun of the all the eyes with all the characters or like how um, was it like the first Toy Story they didn't show people's faces very often mm-hmm. you know yeah like things like that where it's it's that's interesting where it's or like hair was super impossible yeah so, uh, yeah yeah but then but then yeah you still have instances where um where uh, Game of Thrones, the they didn't show the direwolves because it was too, too, it was too much to render all the fur. On, like, yeah, on, like, yeah, and the wolf and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so what are we trying to even do with all this stuff? What's the end goal? Just like, because you just like extrapolate it, and you're like, oh, we're just building a, a virtual reality yeah. where everything is the same as this reality just I think it's yeah it's like if is it all efficiency I mean is it all trying to do things cheap and fast but good you know it's like that that triangle of trying to get all three sides yeah. um, is that is that what a 3D software is trying to do something I just um, oh are you still watching Masterclass stuff no I haven't been I just was watching a lot of the Frank Gehry one, which like I don't I don't care that much about Frank Gehry architecture, but it was just like one of the only people that was like, oh, I would love to see like an architect just talk about whatever. Yeah. And um, he said that like he tried to basically he like tried to make something in the software, and like even had an assistant who was just like doing all of the the. Um, uh, like you know he would just basically be like telling his assistant what to do with the program because he didn't know how to use it but yeah. he said he lasted like five minutes before he was just like totally frustrated huh. just like there's no way you can make anything beautiful in like a, just that idea that like the computer just sucks the, the life out of things yeah um, that's that seems almost just like giving up well, with a grain of salt, because I'm sure yeah. like all old people have a hard time making cool things on the computer. Yeah. But um, but there is the truth to we're trying so hard to make computer art look decent. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is that the joke is always that computer is always trying to copy um, things that are done realistically. You know, like 
skinning and textures in Photoshop originally mm -hmm. or um, you know even like making brushes that mimic realistic brushes yeah like when does it become its own medium yeah um, when you just accept the process yeah yeah when does it become its own thing um, motion okay is motion the new illustration and I'm gonna preface that with like I feel like we're in a little bit of a bubble because we spend so much time in proximity to Gunner in that universe mm -hmm. that like it's easy to just say like oh all illustrators should be working for motion mm -hmm. but like it's I yeah I feel like I'm, I'm so I've got uh, like I'm on a Slack channel of a bunch of illustrators and the Slack channel with you know like the the um, sexy chat room mm -hmm. and the like basically it's funny how the the cultures are so different hmm. like illustrators just like they just seem so grumpy and so kind of like like most of the chatter is like is like hey I think this person is ripping off your style ah mm -hmm. uh, that sucks like what a rip off and mm -hmm. then like like hey does anybody know how much I should charge for uh, like vinyl uh, printing for air balloons <laughs> and someone's like nope but maybe like here's a website I don't know like or like yeah it's just the whole thing just feels very like a little depressing <laughs> it's just like that kind of like is this really what you're worried about is like intellectual property like hey I thought I was the one that drew flat characters with I don't know mono line weight mm -hmm. and you're like come on that's what the whole tech industry is asking for that's not like unownable anyway I guess what I'm saying is like is like are illustrators becoming this kind of crotchety old industry of just like why won't the world respect us mm -hmm. and meanwhile the world has moved on and and it's kind of like a silly a silly thing to hold on to that which is funny, I feel like when we were in school, it was, there was the, the old guard of illustrators who were still doing traditional work, who were crashing about how illustration was moving more digital. Uh -huh. And now illustration is definitely moving more motion. Like every editorial piece I see has a accompanying piece that also moves slightly. You know, someone else is, either the illustrator's doing it themselves or they're hiring someone to do like just a little bit of animation yeah. to it. And that seems to be becoming the norm. Yeah, because it's like you can't compete with something that is moving yeah. for attention. You just have to look at the moving thing. Yeah. Um, so, like, painting is... I think learning how to paint is really good, and, and just seeing more, like, realistic painting is really great. But, like, someone like, like Chris Buzzelli, you know, who still does traditional painting for his editorial work. Yeah. But how do you make that animate or move for editorial pieces? Like, that's the only thing that... I think I think you can with like a lot of um, maybe a lot of like cell work, but the trend I'm seeing with things becoming more flat in illustration is because things need to be animated. Yeah, pretty fast. Like designing a system for a thing yeah. for a, so you can pass it off to somebody to like make it a bigger thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I remember when Joel was first doing some work for Gunner, like as he was like hired as an illustrator and when Ian Sigmund was, you know, uh, when he was like submitting work to Ian, 
and then you'd be like, oh, you know, make it simpler, like make the nose simpler, make it simpler, and like to the point where like, you know, just get rid of the nose. Yeah. So just like ah, this is like needs to be simpler and just is too complicated. You know, like how can you? So there, there's an interesting thing of how can you um, distill an illustration or simplify it enough that it's still interesting looking and good looking, and you know, a challenge, but then that's just easy to animate. Yeah. You know, and or should should all illustrations be vectors that would just be done in After Effects because cell animation is so complicated. Yeah, yeah, it's like what what's driving the, and maybe that's why I feel like I'm always pushing for like illustrator rights. Like, how do you tip the scales so that in a if you had like an illustrator animator dynamic, mm-hmm. that how could you have illustrators who are hiring animators hmm. and who are saying like. It, it's gonna be this complicated figure it out yeah Whereas oh like yeah when animators are hiring illustrators then it's much easier to say like make this simpler it doesn't really matter if there's a nose hmm. um, and that to me just gets down to the whole idea of like we can't lose sight that like this is a commercial industry mm-hmm. that is that has to kind of make sense in a dollars and cents kind of way where like, um, like if if you can sell the same thing, you don't need to draw a nose five hundred times. Mm-hmm. Then why would you draw a nose? Um, and so that's why I think a lot of the simplified, like the flat colors and the kind of like let's let's just keep everything as simple as possible, is great because it's like let's focus on what really matters: mm-hmm. telling a story, communicating an idea, selling a product. Um, but that at the same time is why I'm like more and more trying to transition into non-commercial stuff because I'm like oh I can never ask this commercial industry to be interested in the same things that I'm interested in Mm -hmm. so how do I like create a different space for that where yeah it's just like hard to sell uh, that kind of like let's spend more time on the details yeah (laughs) when that's not at all related to the business of selling. Yeah. You can't use sell to sell. <laughs> this is your sense and sense. You can't make sense without making sense. sense. Um, anytime, yeah, wordplay is related to truths. <laughs> um, it's, we're 20 minutes in, year two. Quick break for commercial sponsors. Uh, I heard like a Dolly Parton song that was um, making fun of Shinola. Like, it's like something like you don't know love from Shinola or something. Like the original, um, <coughs> the original Shinola. Yeah, it was like instead of the yeah the shit from Shinola, it was. Speaking of things that, cheers. cheers. Speaking of things that um, are not commercial, what's like, what's, what are you getting into these days? It's like just pure mic projects. Well, there's um, there's a animation that I've been thinking about doing for the last, gosh, like almost like a year and a half now. But I've been slowly um, playing with Rough Animator, and yeah, and um, 
Isn't that a sweet program? It's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then um, back to commercial work really quick. The last job I did was a book, and it was 75 illustrations, and I just ended up doing them all on Procreate. And yeah. It was so nice to have, like, a mobile studio. Sponsored by iPad. <laughs> iPad Pro. The best way to make your money back on an Apple purchase in one month or less. <laughs> and um, so this animation and um, the sweet revenge about the, the dinosaur hunter. Yeah. And then, um, so just spending a lot of time like writing and thumbnailing or like going back to storyboarding. But then um, I'm going to do a show in May in a gallery in Hamtramck. So oh, yes. I want to do two or three like six foot by four foot large paintings Dang. that are... Uh, like either not for sale or just like you know a really a cost like a price that I really want yeah. and then and then paintings that could sell like for the gallery and that it'll be easy like um, uh, like 11 by 17 or 16 by 20 yeah like print um, kind of things right? yeah and then um, I've been practicing painting more in the iPad it's just exercises of I always like like the um, there's an artist in Chicago that would just as a hobby would paint um, paint by numbers yeah. just as a way to like decompress and um, so I've been doing uh, these iPad paintings where I'll have a nice photo that I took with my phone and I'll just use it as a yeah, reference and just draw it and paint it and just eye drop the colors just yeah. to get like the colors and it's, it's interesting too with even with eye dropping colors from a photo they're not quite the colors you want but mm -hmm. it's a good starting point and then you can adjust the color and then paint it when you actually see like what like it's so impossible to see what color yeah something actually is do you ever use like the the um that like average i guess i don't know if they have it in um i guess in procreate you're just like select the area and then smudge it a bunch yeah but you know like when you get like there's so many color variations within like a photo jpeg mm -hmm. that if you can kind of just select an area and then just take an average blurred out version of that i think smudging it will work yeah i remember you do that in photoshop yeah, yeah. that's like i feel like color picking yeah. yeah just stealing colors is so much fun yeah it's like why why not at least start with like the cool the right thing yeah yeah i don't know yeah but yeah that's been that's been that what about you just tying up a couple of loose ends with some projects that um, that are kind of straggling, um, and then I'm trying to do November, December, like treat the Patreon like a full time job. Oh, nice. Um, because yeah, I feel like it's it's like if I'm ever gonna do that, I have to try it for real and try to put out like a solid post a week. Yeah. Um, Cause like it is, it's that funny thing of like dress for the job you want, and like really, I just wanna do do my own thing, but find a way to be useful mm -hmm. to an audience. Um, like yeah, I just think of like I've been thinking about commercial clients as like like how much energy do you lose in the in the transference, you know, where like you talk about how like converting solar energy to, I don't know, like generator motor energy, you lose a certain amount just by like transferring it through two different things. Mm -hmm. um, or you know, if you store energy in a battery, you lose a certain amount just from like 
whatever batteries do. Yeah. Um, or food, like kilocalories going from the sun to the yeah, plants yeah. and the animal to us. Yeah. Yeah. So like, how do you, when I think about if working for a client for a commercial project is really just trying to add my energy, transfer my energy to ultimately their audience, then like, why not just like, would it be more effective? I don't know. I just had so many projects where I'm just like, I didn't even like it. I don't think any, like an audience wouldn't even like it. <laughs> Everybody got paid, but nobody had fun. Uh-huh. And like, why is that okay? Mm-hmm. I just think it could be done better. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting too old. To, I'm, I'm having this weird reset of like, like I was in such a good place like eight years ago of just doing whatever I wanted all the time, <laughs> but I was making no money. <laughs> and so now I'm like, okay, do I have enough experience and enough kind of like wisdom of doing this for a while that now I can take another jump and be like, all right, I'm going to make no money for the next year, but it's in the name of trying to provide actual value yeah. to actual people instead of just this weird, like, I do commercial work because it pays well. Like, yeah. that's, that's like no longer the, the thrill. Yeah. You gotta do. I mean, this goes back to the metaphor of the, of the heist. You know, getting the team together. But, you know, you can you do something where you're finding commercial work, or you're being more selective about commercial work, getting larger projects, that are you know okay, I'm gonna work on this for you know a month, or two months, mm-hmm. and then you take a significant amount of time. Yeah. Off. Well, so that's the, I think about this all the time. What's the ratio of time? spent working to time like basically um so if i am working on a project that's like five hundred dollars a day then i think about like okay how like if every day i work i buy myself and i haven't really done the math but if my cost of living is like fifty dollars a day yeah then like by doing one day of work i've bought myself ten days Mm -hmm. and that's very simple math but like if that is your baseline you say I'll never work unless it will buy me 10 days of not working mm-hmm. and like if you can one day of work buys 10 days of not working yeah, yeah. because if you're just training one day of work for uh, like one day of living mm-hmm. then like or even worse like 8 hours of work for 8 hours of you know you're like not even yeah like I feel like the goal is to always be optimizing that like mm-hmm. um how much of my own time can I buy yeah. by working? And so doing something that I actually want to be doing, I'm okay with making a lot less Yeah. because as long as it covers my cost of living, mm-hmm. I'm having a great time. I'm doing exactly what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But if anybody's going to ask me to do something that's like beyond call to jump through hoops and, you know, like bullshit, yeah. then like it, I need to be buying myself more time that I'm spending. Yeah. That's where um, I've seen like living below your means as being really important because I see I see a lot of studios or a lot of um, companies where they have incentives for, for you to work or for you to stay at work longer. Like there's the ping pong table or like yeah. it's a cool place. They have, you know, a video game room and 
granted, you know, on the optimistic side, it's a company like wanting people to feel comfortable or like if they do have to stay late, they do it, but it also is encouraging like a more unhealthy work relationship. And I see it with when sometimes when I'm making more money on a project or I am like working a lot, I'm spending more, you know, I'm going to the coffee shop more, yeah. buying like, you know, snacks or I'm like, you know, if I don't have that time at home to cook and to like meal prep or yeah. doing that. So there's a, there's a, yeah, there's like a, a balance of if sometimes when I'm making more money, if I'm overworking, I'm also spending unnecessary totally, money. Totally. That's, that's a, that's a trap and you have to be conscious of living yeah. below your means. Yeah, definitely. It, there's that idea of like the more what's it the penny saved is a penny earned is yeah. like the the old school. Yeah, but it is that that idea of like I mean, but I fell into that too hard where I was like, well, if I don't spend any money, I don't need to <laughs> I don't need to do anything with my life. So yeah. there's a certain momentum that you get from like if you're making more and spending more at the end, it's like a gain because you've kind of like push yourself to do more yeah but I yeah I agree if you're I mean Joanna and I had to do that math where we were talking about like okay like if we need to get a second car so that both of us can work on the same day because mm-hmm. like sometimes I'll be working from home and she'll use the car to go do her stuff and sometimes I'll need to come here and she's stuck at home and so like there's always this balance of like like, as long as we only need one car, we don't both need to work, you know? Because <laughs> as soon as you like, you're like, oh, shoot, like another car payment or another something to maintain, like all of a sudden you need to work that much more mm-hmm. just to pay for a second. Anyway, so yeah, that idea of like, like um, if you can save money by just sharing tools or like yeah mm-hmm. and what scale of a community does having one person focus on cooking mm-hmm. while everybody else focuses on some other aspect of the the um yeah so I think all that stuff yeah and that's the kind of stuff that you can't sell mm-hmm. <laughs> this is another big uh like an idea of like how do you how do you do work that can't be sold when like that's the I'm trying to think of a good example like you can't sell the idea that you can make your own deodorant mm-hmm. for like ten cents you know mm-hmm. like there's no way to package that in a way that do you make your own deodorant I used to make my own deodorant <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't anymore I want to get back to it but like yeah. like I did some I got I got made fun of a lot because I was like. Um, reading a lot of like mom blogs <laughs> of like um, you know like it just be these really crafty it's basically like you have like a woman who is all of a sudden tasked with running a household mm-hmm. and um, like saving the money so mm-hmm. that they don't have to um, so they can like make their their budget stretch mm-hmm. and like would just find all of these crazy kind of like oh did you know that um, I mean, pretty much all like skincare kind of stuff is made up of some sort of like shea butter, coconut oil. You might have like some arrowroot powder or some um, like there's these like very basic ingredients, mm-hmm. essential oils. Like you have some essential oils that you like put into everything, and that like gives it its scent or its and it's like yeah, you can buy like twenty dollars worth of stuff and have it last you for like multiple products for multiple years mm-hmm. and. It takes a little bit of kind of like 
like crunchiness to be okay with like using deodorant out of a ball drawer or something but like if you prioritize that of like you can spend so much less money by just like not going for the prepackaged I mean, there's a lot of wisdom like that in all the farming stuff that we've been reading about. And those, like, I think, and those are really healthy hobbies to have too. That's that's one thing with work-life relationship that I found mm-hmm. as I got older. That's really important is having hobbies that are outside of your work. That you're not staying late working. That you want to go home and like do certain things that are going to benefit your life. Yeah. And and there's like different like you know you were you and Austin talking about how all hobbies can relate to one another and influence mm-hmm. kind of a world a world view but yeah having like different hobbies can be interesting too of you know what you can do to not the goal is just saving money but like you know there's there's other goals for it too yeah and, um, even just like uh, someone gave me a granola recipe and in the recipe they also gave me um, a spreadsheet of you know what the costs were for yeah. each like itemize <laughs> each item of just That's like awesome. you know all this prep work and then you know they gave themselves a dollar amount for how much it you know how many uh, how long they spent cooking like baking yeah and then if that was worth it compared to buying it in bulk from somewhere else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um and the math checked out it was i mean it was a couple cents difference but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah it's just it's no there's always a, there's a tipping point for all of that stuff it's like yeah. at what point does it i mean I was thinking about this with um, soldering. Oh, I have to show you. I made like a, I'm gonna I'm gonna Patreon about it. It's like a lamp, um, like a lamp thing that I made. That's like, oh my gosh, it took forever, and it probably is like fifty dollars in parts for mm-hmm. like what is essentially like a a bedside lamp. That yeah, it's not it's not worth it. But does it look cool? The amount of time. It looks cool, but it's made out of cardboard. It's like basically like a prototype. But anyway, I had this thought of like, um, there's a, like, no, it doesn't make sense for everybody to make their own electronics on like a one-off home scale. But in the same way that it would pay for itself to have a button sewing kit. It would pay for itself to have enough knowledge of electronics that you could repair something yeah. that wasn't functioning, or to have things be designed in a way that they could be repaired. Yeah. So you say like, oh shit, like the the transistor on my radio or something. Like yeah. you just be like, okay, that's a part. It's sold at, at a certain price, and like I could replace that for a fraction of what I could spend buying a new radio. Yeah if people buy radios anymore but um yeah that idea that like there's always this trade-off of like yes the bigger system the whole point of industrialization is like we could improve our quality of life by just like specializing and by doing things at scale um but we've taken that to the extreme where now we're just like everything is at such a scale and so specialized that Mm -hmm. we're just like wasting resources by not really doing things intelligently. Um, like the work-life life balance, to me, is like, uh, like I always just think like, oh, like unless it's for some reason I'm exhausted and my hands are cramping, like I'm probably gonna work every night I can mm-hmm. because that's what I wanna be doing. So like the idea of like needing more balance in my life mm. is like not necessarily, but 
what am I trying to say? Like, is it a conspiracy? Like, what <laughs> what um, incentive would a company have to encourage, or like a culture to have to encourage people to only work a certain amount on their you know like silly day job mm-hmm. and then spend the rest of the time at the bar at the movies at mm-hmm. the shopping center so that like you can like get as much of that value back yeah so it's it's eight hours of work eight hours of rest eight hours of leisure mm-hmm. and like the leisure is the most valuable term where where does where does leisure fit and because the leisure is cooking and yeah sewing and yeah or like painting at night yeah yeah. dr seuss was like oh i don't call painting work because it's i'm Mm -hmm. you know doing it at home at night Um, and yeah or yeah it just depends what people do to relax different personalities different different lifestyles things like that but yeah the conspiracy of you know leisure spending the the money you made (laughs) <laughs> or, or like yeah like what you know, like what do you want to what do you want to trade or um, how do you yeah how do you want to spend your leisure time yeah because yeah there's I mean I really enjoy just sitting on my couch and putting on like a movie or a TV show and like yeah. drawing on my iPad like that's become like yeah. a new thing totally. it's a for me that's like really relaxing and a nice way to spend an evening mm-hmm doing other stuff building other stuff or listening to a podcast yeah or listening to a podcast um 40 minutes year three no I'm just kidding I'm still working <laughs> um what um I'm trying to think of we pretty much talked about a lot of things yeah we could do three topics and just cover one topic every 20 minutes what um what's your ideal art podcast look like? Let's get a little meta and just say like that's what I was thinking. It's going to be like a regular you, thing. Do you want to cover like a different topic, or is it talk about something? Because well, what are, what are the podcasts you listen to? Because usually I listen to like a movie podcast where they discuss one movie throughout the whole, mm-hmm. but the whole time, or like I think of you know stuff you should know, or like a history podcast where there's one topic. But with an art podcast, it's I don't necessarily want to know about artists or like older artists. Yeah, or, um, that's, the, that's the thing we talked about this before. Of like, yeah. like so many creative people podcasts. It's always just like, and so when did you know that art was for you? Or mm-hmm. like, tell me that like awkward story of like how you went to art school and then you got a junior job and then you got a senior job and then you quit and went to another job and like yeah. those stories are never like they're so similar to each other yeah. that you're almost just like we don't need that mm-hmm. um, I mean when I think about like what I listen to when I'm working I listen to a lot of podcasts when I clean or when I drive um, or like you know anything that you can kind of like you don't need your full brain capacity um well driving shatter full <laughs> <laughs> but no clean i know what you mean um, yeah same thing when i drive and when i clean but yeah um and so and then the, another thing i think about is like the way that if i listen to an audio book and mm-hmm. it goes like if i tune out for a sec because lots of times when i'm listening <clears throat> when you're reading a book you're turning the page you're kind of like you're responsible for how quickly you move through the material mm-hmm. but when you're listening to something you can tune out think about something else 
and then come back and be like, wait a second, mm. I just totally missed 30 seconds. Then. Yeah. And so I like listening to things that I don't really feel guilty about missing sections. Because mm-hmm. if I've got headphones in, I'm listening to something, and all of a sudden something requires my full attention, I just like go into it, and then I, I come back to what I'm listening to, and I'm like, oh, okay, like it's just a couple people talking about, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. about podcasts. And like, yeah. you, because I love having that kind of when I am listening, it's like, like when you are in a class and you can draw did you ever like find it's easier to doodle when you're ignoring a teacher yeah <laughs> so like what if you just made a podcast that was just like like someone that you could ignore so that you could focus on what you were doing yeah and then if you wanted to like if you had a moment's pause yeah. you would like come back to the podcast yeah listen for a sec be like oh that's an interesting thought yeah I never thought about sewing in that way <laughs> yeah is it just like people on Patreon compliment, complimented your voice so is it just is this just an crickets. ASMR we just bring in crickets yeah <laughs> it's just like um, um, soft talking about art and um, no I definitely think there's like there's something there of like um, now we're going to open this up to uh, guest guest section uh Oh, he walked away. <laughs> you want to bring him in? No. Um, but is it, yeah, how do you make it not self-indulgent? Where, or is it, like, is, is it okay if it's super self-indulgent? I think it has to be. I yeah. think it's a slippery slope. <laughs> it has to be slow. Because, <laughs> yeah. um, no, because this, this is the thing, um, like, I was finding when I was, I was trying to figure out a good like what is producing a video Mm -hmm. how much time does that actually take yeah and the contradiction is that like a two minute video would take two days and a one hour video would take an hour and a half yeah because like the less editing the less kind of care you put into the content the more natural it can be the easier it is to make Mm -hmm. and so like i love the idea of having like very very produced content mm. that's like I don't want to waste your time I've thought really hard about this and this is exactly what you want to know mm. and then the other piece of content is just like we're drinking a couple of beers mm-hmm. like we're just like throwing ideas against the wall mm-hmm. and there's there is some value to that I feel like it's like I, I find that kind of conversation interesting mm-hmm. if it's if it's like yeah it can but like the idea that like like there's different needs different digestion rates for different media yeah and like sometimes you just want a two-minute thing that doesn't waste your time and sometimes you just want to like put on background noise the background noise um or like i don't know i I work alone a lot and like it's nice to have (laughs) a little company voice in my head yeah 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 um not so my ideal podcast or our podcast but a podcast I'm just I'm interested in movies you're interested in film too um, I think it's I think it's the perfect artistic media as far as having all the elements of uh, you know illustration light shadow color yeah you know dial like writing everything like that so four dimensions yeah four dimensions <laughs> uh, but no this idea of, I think it, it might be cool to if we could have a prompt of um, 
maybe we we both watch a movie we talk about it and then we go yeah. and then talk about you know what where does that lead for yeah yeah i feel like the only thing that keeps me from listening to more film podcasts mm. is that the prerequisite of needing to watch a film mm. you can't listen to a podcast about a film that you have that's seen. true yeah and so it's like it's like yeah there's a there's a niche like, like book the, club thing of like all yeah. right please watch yeah but there's i mean there's that of like it's a niche thing where all the movie podcasts i've, I've listened to it's like oh that you know the the title of that episode is a movie i've seen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah totally yeah. um yeah yeah I, I i don't listen to a lot of the film podcasts yeah but i know that yeah i would i've Join them just found, um, I guess, Jenna Fisher and Angela, I forget her last name, but basically Pam and Angela from The Office mm-hmm. started a podcast that was just like them, like, breaking down episodes of The Office. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, you know, it is what it is, but like, it was, yeah. it was pretty fascinating. We just listened to like the first half of one of them, but it was like that diversity day, um, from season one mm. and they were just like, oh yeah, like, um, all of the non-essential cast members um, like didn't even have real computers for that season. Like it was just like prop computers. <laughs> so we were just talking about how nice it was to get um, real computers for later seasons because they could play free cell and solitaire oh. like while they were waiting for other people to shoot their scenes. And so yeah, like, yeah. all the downtime of being an actor and just being like, yeah, we got really into free cell. Yeah, because we actually had computers that season. <laughs> and I was like, that's like, it is funny how like I've watched The Office like a couple times. Through, yeah, and man, we used to watch that <laughs> every Thursday night. <laughs> Go to yeah. your apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny. It's this, this, this gold. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, when you're familiar with a text like that, it's like people go to church every Sunday because they just can't get enough of the Bible, and like I would listen to a podcast about The Office because <laughs> it's like. Like, yep, that's that's a yeah. meaty text and I yeah. love kind of the expanded thing that happens. Yeah. yeah. But I think yeah, I think we get like a prompt of something to like a jump like a jump off. Oh my gosh, a prompt would help so much. Yeah. <laughs> um I mean I thought about because that's what yeah. last year we were talking about how Rachel would just um ask questions. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like Rachel has a very good way of just being like, Okay, but what about this? Mm-hmm. Okay, but what about this? Maybe you could put it into your Patreon of like people asking questions to cover, mm-hmm. and then that could be the like not a debate, but we could get you know either Kiko or like Joel or someone, and then we could yeah, all like, have a conversation yeah. about it, like up, like upvote some uh, yeah some topics yeah um, yeah, and I love the idea of of like having it be a way to actually talk about prompts that people mm-hmm. have yeah like you'd be like oh like okay they answered my question this well way, let's do it yeah because even you like asked earlier in in one of your patreons of you know do people have you know like, what do you want to hear more of or like videos of so mm-hmm. these could be you know like the the podcast could be jumping off points to you know like well i made this video for this you know this conversation but we're going to have a dialogue about this subject yeah you know it's like you can do like you like this is generic but like oh color theory like I can make a video about that but then could you also have like a conversation about it the complimentary yeah I talked to a woman who was producing podcasts and she 
I was saying like, oh yeah, I'm trying to do this art thing, but like podcasts would be a cool way to just kind of like add content mm-hmm. um, in a way that's like a different audience. Mm-hmm. Um, like lots of people who are, I'm trying to think of like a, a like the School of Motion. Do you ever listen to that podcast? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, like they're obviously he's like just doing that to be like, P.S. Sign up for the actual classes. Yeah. Um, and so like I could see something like that where it's like this is a very low stakes way to create content. Yeah. And then at the, at the beginning and the end, I just said like, P.S. James Noller. Uh, but or you could do it could be like bonus, you know, where it's like here's the video, and if you want to know more, like we made a yeah. podcast. Like yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Um, yeah. Totally. Because there's the video, which is the you know I got condensed everything, and this is like all my thoughts on it, but then. Yeah, the, the the podcast is more of like a dialogue. Where, oh, this is like the... To bring it back to illustration. Mm. So, I have this theory that illustration is just a... Um, it's like text that's easier to read. Like it takes longer to make, but it's faster to read. Is this like the picture worth a thousand words type thing? The picture is worth a thousand words, but you can read it in like two seconds uh-huh. whereas like a paragraph of a thousand words might take you 30 seconds today did, did i ever show you that product i did i ended up like doing like uh-huh. there's there's a show i was in uh last year and i ended up like for the piece i submitted was i framed a typed out version of a thousand words of uh-huh. like a painting i wanted to make yeah it yeah. took a long time <laughs> yeah but so like that's the like um when you think about like an article that has an illustration that gets your attention that tells you immediate content Mm-hmm. And then it has a headline that reinforces that. So if you see a picture of like I don't know, uh, like a, a bomb getting dropped and a bunch of people running around, and the headline is like "War breaks out in this country," mm-hmm. and then it's like in a matter of one second, you've communicated what this four-page article mm-hmm. contains. Mm-hmm. And so it takes you no time at all to decide whether or not you would like to read the text. Mm-hmm. So that's what, for talking about these different speeds of content, it's like if you see the 30-second video that then says, like, there's another hour of rambling by Mike and James. If you'd like to know if more. If you're interested. <laughs> yeah. And like that, that's that kind of like, yes, based on the headline, based on the cover illustration, like... I should follow up on that article. Mm. Um, so there's something there, yeah, just like different paces of stuff. Um, but yeah, if I can get um, super, super self-interested in this last couple couple minutes, what's your experience so far of the... Because Mike, <clears throat> this is a big, big moment. Mike was the very first. I know we have thousands of people by now. Mike was the very first person to sign up. I was the first person? person? Yeah, I think oh, so. Wow. Then I feel like I sent you. I oh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I was excited about it. Because um, it's like, um, I've always admired your work, and I think you have a, um, you have like a, uh, a process figured out, and I think you have this, um, general understanding of everything you're making of how like you're one of the few artists that has their own has their own world mm-hmm. where you when you when you make whatever work you're making kind of fits into to this world that you've built 
And so there's rules and there's laws and there's physics and all these things. So I think when you kind of describe how this this world that you've made works, it um, and it, it emulates a lot of the real world, even though it's it's in kind of your style. I think I think that's worked. So for you, explaining how all this works, I think has been has been really has worked out really well. Yeah. And and it's it's it seems like it's like fitting out. So um, yeah, that makes sense. Totally, I think so. Yeah, and then. Has it given um, you like a like? Are you, do you see ways that you would also like? Does it say oh I, like I would make a Patreon too, or like that kind of like what would your what would your content be? Yeah. Well, I remember um, I remember you 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 were um, uh, when I was doing Pingry like you were telling me like it'd be cool to do a Patreon to encourage doing like that comic. Yeah. So um, but yeah, I see I see Patreon now as like an alternative to. <laughs> to education <laughs> to like school it's like this thing of um like when like we were, like we were talking about with um with uh, art school you know you you sometimes you you go to school but you it's a gamble of like whether you get a teacher you want or whatever but like you mm-hmm. kind of like want to do your own thing whereas with the patreon you're directly paying there's no middleman you're directly paying one person like i want to learn from this person yeah and you can drop yeah. out whenever you can yeah like yeah i think that that's I mean, I think of Patreon as being like the MySpace of this new type of network where like it's not going to be like necessarily the, something's going to come along and be like, hey, we just did this better and everybody's going to move to that platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this model of like, hey, let's create social media, but with a paywall because then people can actually yeah. do it with integrity and not just like kind of like pour yourself out until you get like some paid promotions or something like like how do you like create a community of creators and yeah people that are like doing it could be so cool I got so many ideas yeah and there's also there's incentive for you because you feel um, accountable to the patrons not the students but the patrons to finish Space Explorers Mm -hmm. and like you know yeah how's how do you feel? Has that accelerated your work pace or like? Definitely, it's definitely motivating. But also, I'm trying to because one of the things that kind of made me want to get into it is that I started realizing that like these one minute animations couldn't possibly be a product because it just takes so long. <laughs> yeah. So like, I want to do these. This is like what I want to be doing with my time. Mm-hmm. But I'm not deceiving myself that like I could just like spend two years on a minute and yeah. then be like, all right, time to make my living by putting this out. Because it's like it's just like okay, and then it goes up on the internet and people are like, oh, kind of cool. Yeah. But like, yeah. So the idea of kind of saying it's like with film, it's like. Um, Film is kind of the final medium. You could do anything, and then somebody could come and make a documentary about it, and mm. that would be the product that mm. would be more successful than the product. Huh. Like some weirdo who's like carving, um, I don't know, animals out of driftwood in somewhere remote. This is your new hobby. This is my new hobby. Like, but you, that idea that like you could do something passionately, seriously, for years and years and years. But, like, the story there is actually, like, the process behind that or the thought behind Like, that someone comes in and says, like, oh, 
the real angle here is that so the like, Patreon is, is the documentary and so like I was trying to think of a way that I could turn like because my natural kind of work state is like oh yes I want to be making these space cartoons but like also some days I just get really like focused on something totally unrelated mm. and I think that that helps yeah but you can't sell that like yeah. you can't like how do you like tell your client like I'm not working this week I'm going to try to make yeah. a lamp and yeah. like that that like <laughs> the world is like forcing you to specialize and you're saying it's not natural it's not efficient yeah. for like humans to specialize that much yeah and so I guess I'm just trying to like slow it down and say like yes this is kind of the reason why I like this is the main thing that my work revolves around but it's much more complicated than that it's actually like just as related to cooking and farming mm -hmm. and and like that the whole like what is life what is the life that you would need to create around a creative thing mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so like that's the real the real product I guess is like it's a lifestyle <laughs> <laughs> table <laughs> um but yeah so on that uh sign up patreon.com slash james Noller. it's a lifestyle brand um this is the largo podcast because i'll go into more about what largo is next time next time on the largo podcast thank you yeah